arms with four inches So I guess I could have chosen a better word Perhaps I should say You complete me in every way But if we're honest we both know that's absurd Hello and welcome to Our Movies, Ourselves, the movie and relationship podcast. I'm Emily Frank, your host for today, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff Frank. Hello, Hello. Jeff. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, If you're new to the pod, we pick movies and talk about them, and usually uh, they are movies that one of us loves and uh, the other person has a range of feelings about. And then we kind of talk about how that relates to us as people and our relationship and relationships in general and psychology and other topics, etc. So today I'm super excited to talk about a movie that I absolutely love. Um, and I'm sure most of you out there love it too. Oh boy. Uh, 1997's Dante's Peak, starring Pierce Brodson and Linda Hamilton. Uh, so, uh, as I said, I absolutely love this movie. Jeff, how do you feel about it? Not the same. Mm-hmm. This movie is a direct indignation to the medium of film. Wow. Okay. All right. This movie is bananas, and that's all I have to say. Okay. All right. Great. Um, I do want to devote a a chunk of time today to sort of maybe dissecting um, something about myself that I I don't even really have a strong answer for, which is uh, why I love this genre in general of disaster movies. And I picked Dante's Peak as uh, I think a pretty a pretty good representation of that genre, but I love most disaster movies and uh so i do want to talk about that as we move forward but just to to give a little recap of the movie uh pierce brosnan plays a uh usgs geologist or volcanologist who is this like super expert in volcanoes first scene is him and his girlfriend or fiance or whatever like like running and driving down the mountain in the Philippines or somewhere, they're running away from a um, an erupting volcano, and of course she gets killed. That's like a very common component of a of the beginning of a disaster movie is like some sort of crisis that you know echoes what you'll see later, and maybe includes some sort of tragedy for the main character that they're, they're going to be like weighted with for the rest of the movie. Um, I love it, love it, love it. This well. Also, that is a sequence that goes on for seemingly three hours. It is three hours of children running in the streets, mm-hmm. smoky cars, mud. It's <laughs> forever. It is the right. longest sequence I have ever seen. Well, some of as they is... credit everybody right. who ever worked on a film. Some of that is like a 90s era beginning of a movie where they like put in all of the credits before they start the movie. I agree. It does go on for a while and it just gets you into that like, whoa, we are in for some stuff. You are, this is not going to be funny. This is going to be serious stuff. Oh, yes, it will be fun and, <laughs> and it will be not fun and it will be very serious. 
until Pierce Brosnan's girlfriend dies from getting hit on the head by a rock. <laughs> yes. That um, one is a, able like to... Like a flaming rock, like that, a lava rock. Yes, that is one able to go through a car roof. Uh-huh, because and it then, is molten. Because it is molten, but then two does not completely melt her into a disgusting husk of a body. <laughs> Like, she just has some blood coming down, and Pierce Brosnan does the, like, lean over, oh, no, Stephanie, or whatever. <laughs> well, either cradling, way. He would be cradling a fiery I agree. Corpse. I agree. He probably would. But um, either way, he's clearly traumatized. So there's your first to, like, indicator. Four years later, or however much time later, it doesn't really matter. The details don't really matter in the movie like this. I I really have to say. A truer statement never said yeah. him. A truer statement never said. So he's of course you know poured himself into his work as you do when you've lost your your love of your life, and uh, they send him to this little town in I don't know the Cascades, uh, Dante's Peak. Um, because they think there might be some activity, he goes up there and discovers that, yes, I think there really is some activity and it could erupt. People don't believe him. He also falls for the mayor of the tiny town, who is played by <laughs> Terminator, oh um, Linda Hamilton, <clears throat> uh, who's a single mom <clears throat> of two kids. And then the volcano starts erupting. Everybody goes nutso. And then he and her and the two kids end up on this sort of on the run from the volcano itself. It's a real romp. Yeah, I mean, it is a disaster movie in in all senses. And uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, I want to start with you. Uh, just the things that you liked about this movie, because I'm sure there are some things that you liked about this movie. So don't tell me the things that you didn't like yet. Tell me what you liked. I liked a lot of the effects. I think considering that it's a 90s disaster movie, this is a pretty dang good job with some of the effects. They were really blowing stuff up, making models, mm-hmm. flooding them over. The smoke on the mountain was really cool. They had some interesting set pieces that they used. In that case, it's it's pretty good. They didn't really hold back at all. I think that if you looked at it kind of minute by minute when events happen, it's a pretty tight screenplay in that. Mm-hmm. This movie's an hour 40, yeah. I think. Minus the 10 minutes of, ooh, <laughs> the, credits, of yeah. the opening credits death tie <laughs> at the beginning. The first 10 minutes you establish... Pierce Brosnan's character really well. In the first 15 minutes, you have like the precipitating incident. Everything else just kind of hits. And at 45 minutes is when like the eruption happens. Mm-hmm. And so then it's another perfect 45 minutes to like de-escalate and get down from there. And so in that way, it's like, it's like perfect, like on the meter. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have scripted it better. Maybe that's just how they scripted it exactly mm-hmm. um so those are good the the um the casting is good all of the characters are are likable and interesting yeah. and all the actors that play them do it's good a job i think as they are meant to do mm-hmm. um, even the kid actors i think do a pretty good job oh god these kid actors friggin have to well up at the death of their grandma like in front of their eyes basically and like go through the whole grieving process place these that level of acting in maybe any other movie and maybe they'd be up for oscars but like 
they worked so friggin' hard. They worked their butts off, and what it was for was Dante's Peak. These poor kids. I'm sure they're still proud of the the efforts they put into this movie. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. I agree with that. I think. Um, I mean, I think, of course, the main characters do a good job, but I also think little tiny characters, the side characters, are they do a good job and they're written well. They have just a handful of lines, but they're they're good lines. They're they're funny lines, or it seems like thought has been put into sort of fleshing out characters that I think in another movie wouldn't necessarily be fleshed out even in another disaster movie i think a lot of times there's like the side characters that don't have a whole lot going on they're just kind of there for filler the team you know the geological survey team that comes out once he's sort of sounded the alarm of course i can't remember any of their names of of course it doesn't matter there's like pierce brosnan's (laughs) boss who is like eternally skeptical let's wait and see but you're a loose cannon brosnan (laughs) right but like you know where that comes from. He had this like issue happen, I think, uh, at Mammoth, where he's like, "Oh, like I sounded the alarm, and like because of that, like nothing happened, and the town nearly went bankrupt." Like he has that sort of backstory of like I'm always wanting to be cautious. Uh, one female of the group, who I think a lot of times in movies where there's like a token woman in a crew of minor characters she plays like the straight character and in this she plays like kind of like a silly funny character which i think is kind of refreshing she's just one of the crew yeah she's just one of the crew and she's got some some funny silly lines which i like and then there is the other guy who i assume is indian or non-white non-white he's non-white (laughs) <laughs> not quite sure what his backstory is, but what you do really know about his character is that he loves coffee. <laughs> he is a coffee fanatic. It's like they wrote this movie with those uh, story cubes. <laughs> like they just rolled it. It was like, cup of coffee. Uh, this character loves coffee. <laughs> when are we going to get his spinoff movie? Because right. I would watch his like <laughs> CW show uh-huh. that's like him going to a bunch of geological things. Right. And like discovering tasting them. Their and, like, yeah, the tasting time. their coffee. Yeah, uh, tasting their coffee. I just want to see this crew, mm-hmm. this uh, crew, minus Pierce Brosnan, because he's such a boy. He's such a <laughs> stick in the mud through this whole movie. <laughs> you guys, it's going to happen, I'm uh, sure. Take it seriously. The volcano. Uh, I'm in love. Uh, <laughs> I have feelings that I don't understand. They don't uh, give him uh, any crap for falling in love with the mayor. I feel like if everybody... I had a group of coworkers that like traveled <laughs> together and then all of a sudden one of them fell in love with the mayor of this dinky town, Instantly. we would give them so much shit. It would be like, dude, what are you like? What are you doing? It's, we've been here for three days, and you're like, <laughs> no, they've been there for forty minutes. <laughs> that romance is zero to one hundred <laughs> in point five seconds. I'm not gonna. They like... lock eyes, and they're like, we're soulmates hey, now. Man, maybe that's maybe that's their that's their story. I, I'm not he gonna judge their story. He adopted those kids, but before. like. <laughs> 
Oh, I was going to say about um, Coffee Guy that even though you maintain that you don't like this movie, it does have a place in our almost daily routine mm-hmm. in that in the mornings, very frequently, we quote a line from this movie from, from Coffee Guy. And the line is, coffee, 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 Java. <laughs> Which yep. is... Coffee, 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 Java. That's, it's just a, a funny line and ridiculous and reminds me of, of this movie. But yeah, they, they flesh out those characters, definitely set up a sort of a good world that this, li- that this you know, movie takes place in. Any other things that you liked about this movie? No. Okay, that's fair. I'll tell you some things that I liked that you missed. <laughs> I love the build. I love the sort of like, oh boy, there's some stuff that could happen. The there's a scene where there's these like random backpacking backpacking couple and they're like hopping in the hot springs and then all of a sudden they get like boiled alive. I don't know the physics on that. It, like I don't think water turns hot turns like boiling hot that fast although i could be wrong geothermal vents and i I don't know i'd love to know feel free to to email us if you have data on that or volcanologist fans (laughs) of the pod now is your chance yes but like that it's this sort of like very creepy thing because you know like hot springs are a thing the idea of kind of like oh i'm gonna just go hang out in this little, uh, you know, natural spring, natural spa, and then all of a sudden you immediately get boiled alive is frightening and very creepy. I, I just love that as like sort of like this is the start. And then like, of course, like the kids are going to be like, they they go up to, to swim in it and then they discover these bodies and that's creepy. And then there's more and more things start happening. It's I think it's just a really good build towards this like, this may happen, it may not, but like we all know what's happening because otherwise the movie would be quite boring. And I like, even though Pierce Brosnan's character is sort of a little bit of a stick in the mud, his anxiety about it, you know, comes from this trauma that he had where like clearly he and his girlfriend did not get out in time. That beginning scene isn't just the story of how his girlfriend died, but like many, many people lost their lives. And I'm sure that weighs on him too, because he wasn't able to sound the alarm fast enough. So you you know, that's playing a role in this. And, uh, you know, so his character has got levels, you see him sort of like allowing himself to love again, and then being sweet with her kids, opening himself up and like establishing this little relationship and then the whole second half of the movie is ridiculous and also just so entertaining i can't i can't turn away from it like scaling a movie based on how many times i find myself looking at my phone or doing something else in especially in the second half of this movie i don't think i did that once how can you not watch an entire town like literally like fall apart from earthquakes and gas stations explode and then like lava f- like flow into the grandmother's house <laughs> as they're running away on foot and then having them have to drive over lava having them have to ride in this boat across this acid lake right where all these dead fish are and then the boat starts to like disintegrate before their very eyes and then of course 
grandma hops out and pulls the boat to the shore, terminally scalded by lot by uh, acid. Like that whole thing is riveting and a little bit disgusting, but whatever. And then driving away as fast as they can from this pyroclastic cloud. <laughs> and they I'm end glad up. Glad you've learned something. Oh, I know. It. It's it's it is educational as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and they end up with their car wedged inside this uh, mine shaft, where they end up eventually getting rescued. Um, but it's just like so riveting their uh you know this like battle of of them versus nature yeah i can't i can't get enough of it and i have to just point out that like you watched it very intently yourself and i think like that's i absolutely own it that like disaster movies in general and this movie in particular isn't necessarily super high quality cinema very comfortable with the fact that like I can really enjoy movies that are in that realm if they are like highly entertaining, which I consider this one to be. I think that's been sort of a a topic of discussion that we have had in the past where you obviously have things that you don't like about this movie and it keeps you from enjoying it. At least it keeps you from admitting that you enjoy it, but you do watch it, you know? You watched it start to finish. You've watched it before with me, I think. It's I'm just saying, well the meter a piece stick. of you enjoys this movie. Look, just because I am physically capable of keeping my eyes fixed to it is no measure of value. I could watch uh, a campfire or a snail move across the ground for a part of time. That doesn't mean that it's good. Well, I think if you're entertained by this movie, that's a measure of value, right? But I'm not entertained by it because really? it's too busy insulting my intelligence throughout. <laughs> Tell me what you didn't like about this movie. Again, in the like disjoint of like, it's going to be a, a rompy type of thing. But then also we're going to like put in a super dramatic element. When they're rowing across that boat in the water and then Pierce Brosnan to like calm everybody down sings row, row, row your boat. Mm-hmm. One, the score is still going on hella crazy. <laughs> so like them singing and the score happening is like some weird remix that mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for. And also that the amount of time they spend singing row, row, row your boat is like it's like nine go-throughs of the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's nine rounds of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And the rest of the movie is like it was edited by a coke fiend who had a three hours of movie to edit down to an hour and a half. I mean, the rest of it is so insanely fast. Like, they cut everything mm-hmm. together, and it builds such a fast pace. And then, But previous to that, there's a, the scene where he does the magic tricks for the kid for the kids is all of the showmanship of like, and see, I have all of these little things here. I'm going to take all of this and very delicately. And now watch, watch, watch. <laughs> it is magic. Back to the mountain. Boom, 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 <laughs> helicopter. I'm not going to take it. We don't have any money for this. I don't know. Give him what he wants. <laughs> it's just... They really, 
really, really wanted it to like win a dramatic award. Mm -hmm. And I think the kids, I think the main actors got sold something different than what they were making. Like they were trying to be like, no, 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 this is like the deep impact to the Armageddon, right? Uh, Tommy Lee Jones's volcano. That's the like. That's the trashy one. It this is. one's gonna be the the like emotional one. It's the mountain is a metaphor for ourselves. So you guys act your ass off. I mean, just act as hard as you can, and we're gonna get the accolades. Like we're gonna be, we're gonna make our stand. And so they just put these scenes in <laughs> to like, no, see, it was dramatic. And, like, all of that's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But then it happens. And you know what I'm going to say. What? You know exactly what I'm going to say. Is that scruffy? <laughs> the, they find the dog. His name is Ruffy. I have oh, to Ruffy. Tell is that Ruffy? You don't think dogs can dodge? You think our dog could dodge anything? <laughs> Barley is not Ruffy. Barley is nowhere near Ruffy. She couldn't dodge anything, and I think she would probably welcome the lava. <laughs> Ooh, it's warm. Mm. <laughs> and the dog jumps into like, their car, into yeah. their bag. While they're driving while over While they're the driving lava. over lava. Like, yeah. it, there's no... <laughs> You couldn't think of anything more insulting to the to the audience than like to put that in. I'm trying Here's to think. Here's what you get, audience. I'm trying the dog's to think still alive. of another of another instance of that in disaster movies where it's like, oh, the the dog's not dead after all. Like the like this thing or whatever. Day. Independence Day in the, the Oh, tunnel. you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's a it must be a dog thing in disaster movies that the dogs have to live. Um, well, yeah, they all have to live. The like ridiculousness of that, as we were watching it, laugh out loud, revel in the ridiculousness of it. You also, ha you had an emotional reaction to it, which was <laughs> yes, not the... discussed. You didn't run out of the room or like throw the iPad. You didn't, you were like enjoying how ridiculous it was too. So I'm just, I'm just saying that like, you can absolutely say, and I'm not going to try to change your mind. You can absolutely say that this movie is like a bad movie or whatever, but I think a piece of you enjoyed pieces of this movie. One thing I, I will say, which is also a component of another disaster movie that I quite like, The Core, it's a little tricky for me at the very end, like the climax of the movie includes a really long time delay. Mm. And so yeah. they get stuck in this mine shaft. Part of the mine collapses. It cuts to the USGS station where apparently everybody's just back to work doing oh, their yeah. normal stuff, even though one of their team, their boss has been killed. But then the one guy is like, hey, how long has this, has this light been blinking? And somebody's like, ah, oh, a couple days. And then they go out and find... Pierce Brosnan and the and the mayor and the kids. It's a little bit one of those things where it's like that was the climax of the movie. Like a couple of days later, they notice this light blinking. In the core, it's even worse because they realize like it would take forever to come up through the earth. So in the core, they're like charging up through the earth, and then literally 
across the screen, you see the text, two weeks later, <laughs> and then they like come up through the bottom of the ocean. Just a little, like takes a little bit of the air out of the balloon of the climax of, of that movie. So I wanna, I wanna move on to my big question, which is why do you think I love disaster movies so much? That is a really good question. I think that you like disaster movies because you are eternally optimistic and always are able to look past the the short term or the instant kind of bad things that happen and that disaster movies are like ultimately about humans thriving mm -hmm, through surviving. Yeah, through extreme circumstances. And that that reflects a lot of ways what your uh, professional background is in. We're gonna mm. we're gonna relate everything back to our professional background, I guess. <laughs> but I think it is is to your your kind of view of the world that like you know we can we're all gonna have traumas happen and serious things. You know, bad things are gonna happen to people, but they're gonna um, get through it. And so seeing it in a way that is so over the top and extreme and about you know nature, not about people, mm -hmm. I think is. Uh, maybe cathartic in a way or just kind of um, gives you that sort of satisfaction of seeing it through but in a way that is over the top and cartoonish and without any real stakes uh -huh. at all yeah as a maybe as some sort of psychological or emotional exercise I agree with that I think like we're all on the same side fighting together type of thing this movie has a lot of that and it also has it's a little bit of escapism right because I think in the world I see a lot of gray there's a lot of you know I, I really try to see the good in everyone but also you know everybody's got some flaws in disaster movies it's really like pretty much everybody is very good or bad and the people who are not good pretty much always die oh yeah <laughs> it's it's really it's so easy to watch and know like oh that helicopter pilot who's like being a jerk to them oh he's gonna oh, die he's, dead. He he's did. gonna die so fast he's dead as hell and then like i mean even i mean it's kind of sad but his boss who like doubted him and sort of delayed the evacuation warning he's the one who ends up dying i think that's the a formula. grandma who uh, you know, the whole reason that the, the kids and uh, Pierce Brosnan and, and the, the mayor, that they're all the way up the mountain is because the kids went to go get the grandma who has this sort of like, uh, I'm never going to leave my home. This is my mountain. I'm not evacuating mentality. And that flaw, you know, puts them in this huge predicament. And then she sacrifices herself in the lake scene. So it's very easy to kind of have that like white and black type of, uh, you know, there's not a lot of gray in a lot of characters. I'm going to throw another log on this fire and say that another reason that you like disaster movies is because you're rebelling against your parents. Mm, okay. I doubt that your parents have sat through this movie. <laughs> and if they have, it was purely to entertain you uh -huh, yeah. uh, and for your sake. Right. And I think... You choosing to like disaster movies is an affront to their sensibilities, and that is part of your 
rebellion against mm-hmm. there. You know, I actually, I think there's a, there is sort of a piece of that, and maybe not even my parents, but rebelling against sort of the norm of like, this is a good movie, this is a bad movie. I also remember uh, going to see The Core with, uh, with two friends of mine, one of them being such such a like snotty dick about it like this is so ridiculous i can't believe it and then my other friend and i just like i think because he was being so annoying we were balancing that out by like just loving it so much just enjoying it so much like to spite him really yeah, it could be a little bit of a F you to the system. You know, and I think that's a piece of our dynamic, too, that I like, you know, you kid me for liking movies like this, and I kind of kid you for, like, secretly enjoying movies like this, uh, but refusing to acknowledge a- any value in them whatsoever. And... You you are not reading me correctly. <laughs> you, I think you are projecting that I am enjoying uh-huh. this on a, on a similar level. Disaster movies in general, you don't find any value in, but you have acknowledged significant value in components of this movie. Is there like one thing in particular, or is there something about you that makes you feel like this movie is the the best of the disaster movies or or one of the better ones? Yeah, I think the um you know the premise isn't that like outlandish, like it's pretty small in scale like Mm -hmm. you know like a day after tomorrow or um even the core and um 2012 are um (laughs) you know it's like every the whole world is going to be destroyed Mm -hmm. and like that's a you know that's oh that's a hard pill to swallow and you know at least in this one it's a little more contained like it's it's here it's something that could happen Mm mm-hmm it's all within some some amount of reason, I mm-hmm. think. So at in least reality. in yeah, in that way, the premise moves forward in a way that you know makes the sums aren't a logical sense. Right, and I I think ahead. the pacing of it's really nice too. Mm-hmm. It, that it's just an hour and a half, and you're, it's like it's you're over. It's over right. with. Like cool. And the second half, like I said, is decent effects, pretty nice. I mean, some of them are real, real slogs for their effects, but. Um, you know, this one's real nice. Something I think that maybe appeals to you about this movie is like some of the other movies are disaster averting movies, not disaster movies. The core is really like an almost disaster movie. Of course, you see a bunch of disasters happening, but they eventually save the world. Same thing with like Deep Impact and Armageddon. And this is really, a, it's it's grounded in reality in that like, yes, there's very, very outlandish ways in which the, the four of them escape the disaster when they really should have died many, many times. But in the long run, the volcano still erupts. It's not about stopping the volcano from erupting um, or keeping the volcano from somehow impacting this town. The town is still completely destroyed, demolished to the ground. And that is, I think, maybe more real to you and um, maybe more reflective of kind of the sort of like nature, man versus nature fight that like nature 
tends to win. We can't stop nature. We can't stop these things from happening. So maybe that appeals to you a little bit more than sort of we, you know, we beat back the, you know, tidal wave or whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, uh, we're, sure. so we're agreed. Yeah. You love this movie. Yeah. You, you convinced me. So should we uh, head to a break and then talk about other things? Sure. Okay. We'll we'll be back. I'll play the music, you pay the bills. I'll lie awake and watch you sleep. Today's episode of Our Movies Ourselves is not brought to you by ZipRecruiter. If it was, I would tell you that any growing business needs to find great candidates. And it could be hard going outside of your normal range of people that you're looking to hire. And ZipRecruiter makes it easy. Their online tools allow you to submit to a wide range of sites where the job posting is viewed and sent immediately to your inbox. If they were a sponsor, I would tell you how using ZipRecruiter is the fastest, easiest way to find great candidates for any position in your business. If ZipRecruiter was advertising, I would send you to ZipRecruiter.com slash rmovies. Again, that would be ZipRecruiter.com slash rmovies, but it's not, so don't go there. So I had just a couple of other uh, kind of thoughts or questions about uh, Dante's Peak and disaster movies in general. Dante's Peak maybe shows a little bit, but there's obviously a variety of... um, reactions that people may have in crisis situations which I think maybe is another reason that I you know I kind of enjoy watching sort of the different reactions that people may have when faced with a crisis what do you think you would do and what do you think I would do what would what do you think we would do in a situation like this the pyroclastic cloud coming after us um (laughs) I think we would do what the authorities told us to do. Okay. And escape safely. Okay. I don't know what answer you're fishing for here. No. Uh, go uh, go off-roading in our little Civic until the tires burn off to the rims and then go into a mine shaft? Is that... <laughs> no, I mean, I think, like, like you can see some of the, the town people sort of, like, overreacting or uh, freaking out. I think... Like, there's some of that, like, pre-panic, like, before people even, like, hear about it. You know, there's the, like, I don't know, that, like, innkeeper guy who's like, um, you know, anything, anything about you that makes you think you would have any particular reaction other than sort of, like, just do what the government says to do. (laughs) Yes, I'm a perfect, perfect pawn. (laughs) <laughs> can be easily manipulated into doing whatever. Uh, I don't think I would be one of those people so, you know, attached to not going or mm. um, that I would feel, oh, I have so many things I need to take. I mean, besides the, obviously the most essential things that we have, you know, buy barley. God, um, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to have any dog food, so good luck. <laughs> We'll catch you on the side of the mountain. Stop. You can jump in the. I'm sure she'll find You can find jump in the cab. <laughs> Later on, if you can jump through the through the sunroof. How do you think I would react if we had some sort of disaster or? Uh... Uh, I think you would react well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In terms of like our dynamic, 
I do think that I tend to worry more than you. I tend to think about the future, what might happen more than you. I feel like I would play the um, Pierce Brosnan in in our uh, relationship. I mean, there have been things that have come up, not necessarily crises, but things that, you know, sort of might happen or whatever. And I get preoccupied by them and you tend to sort of say like let's wait and see and uh i to be honest i think if there was a disaster i think that that balance would probably be beneficial for us that like at least one of us is thinking about what might happen and then one of us is tempering that a little bit not letting us get too wrapped up in it so i I think that would probably work in our favor the first people out of town on that bridge (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bye, losers. <laughs> I'm going to get a snorkel for our civics. Yeah, definitely. So that we can drive into into rivers. Uh-huh. My last question is, um, what would be your preferred disaster? Mm, um, gamma ray burst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no warning sign. No way to detect it. Instant evaporation of everybody's cells immediately. No pain, destruction, or anything. <laughs> Just the instant annihilation of all life on Earth. And no chance of survival. No chance of survival, no warning sign. <laughs> You'd prefer a no chance of survival over like a like some sort of, really, any other disaster where there's okay. like, a, okay. like a high chance of survival? All right, then my, then, then my disaster is uh, a milk truck tipping over. <laughs> That's not a disaster. <laughs> Play my game. <laughs> Here are your choices. All right. uh, clearly, you need some choices. Okay. Um, a volcano. Okay. Uh, a bunch of tornadoes like Twister. Okay. Also highly recommended. Um, a, a massive earthquake. A uh, huge like tsunami. Uh, a meteor. A uh, destabilization of the Earth's core. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like a, a an immediate uh, ice age, and then a 2012, and then a 2012. I, I, you know, I was thinking the other day, what, what is the disaster in 2012? What happens? It's like earthquakes, and then a super volcano, but then the tectonic plates are shifting around, and then the there's no more Earth. It's just water. Please. Please don't make me watch no. that movie again. I, and I even will, I will tell you, I don't love 2012. I still enjoy watching no. it somewhat, but I don't love it. There's a lot of problems with it. But anyways, <laughs> going back to what I was saying, um, from those choices, what would be your, or like a, uh, like a hurricane, oh. ma- massive storm. I think an earthquake. Avalanche. I think an earthquake. I want somewhere a bunch of stuff. Like I don't want to get all wet. <laughs> That just sounds unruly. (laughs) Like the wind, there's a bunch of stuff everywhere. (laughs) Just dirty and gross. At least an earthquake is just like, whoa. Yeah. And then uh, it's done. Right. Yeah. And honestly, maybe this is something else that uh, uh, all you listeners out there can, can write in and confirm. A long time ago, Jeff told me, that San Diego, where we live, is in like a unique situation as far as earthquakes where like basically we're never going to experience catastrophic damage due to an earthquake because of our geology that are, we sort of like ride on these 
rocks and things will shake, but we're not really at risk. And ever since you've said that, versus other areas like LA. Right? Oh yeah, LA is screwed. Where, which is on sand, which would it's all just, fill. Uh, would just, you know, destroy everything. Ever since you've told me that, I, I really have this outlook on earthquakes. Like, it's not even really a disaster. Bring it. Every time we get a little one, it always seems fun. Every time we do earthquake drills, I tell that story to people. And oh. the most recent time that we did that we that we did an earthquake drill, a piece of me was like, Em, you haven't verified that that's even true. Are you spreading lies? Are you like trying to like pacify other people's anxiety? Uh, is that true? Hey, I, I know you took like one class. I, like I took one class <laughs> in junior college where we talked about earthquakes. For half a lecture, <laughs> so I think I'm a pretty good expert on what the geology of San Diego County is and what our earthquake risk is, okay? okay? So please and thank you. Okay. We got this covered. That's fair. All right. That's fair. On a class, I probably got a C in. <laughs> if you'd like to write in and contradict Jeff's sound, sound, evidence-based logic around San Diego's earthquake disaster risk, please do. And I, I think I would pick an earthquake too, uh, basically because I think it is something that we've grown up sort of knowing about, sort of knowing how to handle. It feels like I would be able to survive it more so than, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I would be super prepared for, for yeah, like, like wind and like hurricane, like I don't know what I would do with that. Uh, yeah. And I, I think... I mean, we're San Diegans. I barely even got a winter jacket. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Right. <laughs> My warmest piece of clothes is like a, a, an extra thick, like, right. long sleeve shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not prepared for any weather event. Right. In any stretch of the imagination. For sure. But we don't live in, in you know, we don't live in a skyscraper and there's no, no tall buildings around us. You know, yeah. we don't work in a... I don't work at the top of a giant building or anything, mm-hmm. and even if we did, did. The building that I work in used to be San Diego's FBI her- headquarters, and so I assume that it's like highly reinforced and uh, wouldn't fall down in some sort of major earthquake. A corrupt FBI, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Mueller. <laughs> right in. If you have, you know, which disaster do you think you would thrive, survive, realize you're mm-hmm. in love with somebody through... Uh, you can uh, email us with uh, with your response, and uh, we'll 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 check it out. Uh, our movies ourselves at gmail.com is where you can reach out. Or if uh, you got some relationship questions, you want to um, you know ask some questions about us about the pod, we'd be happy to field any advice, take any questions. We'll read your comments on this podcast. If you fell in love with your spouse in a disaster and have now realized that that's not a whole lot of a basis for a relationship, write us. We can help you navigate that. We'll work through it. Yeah. Have you watched the movie Speed and then, um, you know, go from there. Speed dating. Well, thanks so much, Jeff, for uh, watching this movie with me and secretly enjoying it. Um, I hope that we can continue to watch movies that I love and you at least somewhat enjoy for a long, long time to come. And, uh, and I'm comfortable with you saying that you don't like this movie. It doesn't hurt 
hurt my feelings, but I also enjoy watching any and all movies with you. As do I. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Adam had his ear. More precisely, better yet. I got you, and you got me. La la la. This has been our movies ourselves. The movie slash relationship podcast. Send us a line at ourmoviesourselves at gmail.com. Our Movies Ourselves is a production of Frank Studios and is recorded in beautiful Normal Heights, San Diego, California. with oranges So I guess I could have chosen a better word Perhaps I should say you complete me in every way But if we're honest we both know that's absurd